Pastor Trent Griffiths says, there's a big difference between child-centered parenting and gospel-centered parenting. A child-centered parent believes that children are basically good. Gospel-centered parents believe their children are basically foolish. Child-centered parents allow their children to believe they are sovereign. But gospel-centered parents train their children to yield control to God. Who Child-centered parents love children too little or too much. You, you love them, you have affection for them, but you don't love them enough to confront them. You don't love them enough to say no. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. We live in a day and age where it seems like people have lost all sense of direction when it comes to raising children. The experts, they all say different things. And if you poll your friends, they'd probably offer a lot of different advice on what good parenting actually is. But all it takes is a trip to the average grocery store checkout line to see that something isn't right. Pastor Trent wants to shoot straight about parenting. In fact, that's the name of the series he's in here on Resonate. When we left off last week, he was in the middle of a list based on Psalm 127, talking about how children are a blessing from the Lord. So today, let's recap a bit of what we heard last week and then finish the message on gospel-centered parenting. Here's Pastor Trent. God says children are a blessing. We receive what God graciously gives to us as a blessing. Our culture does not treat children as if they are a blessing. Our culture treats children as if they are a bother. Why are children a blessing? First of all, because children teach us how to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. Number two, children are a blessing because children are God's plan to ensure the gospel outlives the parents. Do you understand that unless we pass the baton of the gospel to our children, there's no hope for the next generation? The only reason that we're 2,000 years into the story of the New Testament church is because somebody in the last generation passed the gospel on to us. And children are a blessing because they're going to be the ones to fulfill the great commission to the next generation. And thirdly, children are a blessing because children are God's tool to build parents. Some of you are like, oh, I'm so glad we're getting this series. I really want to learn how to fix my kids. I want to learn how to build my kids. Go, I'm ready to take notes. Wait, 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 wait. Before we talk about how God uses parents to build children, we need to learn how God uses children to build parents. Do you know that God gives you these little critters in your home as mirrors the more of them you have, the more mirrors you have, the more opportunity you have to see your own selfishness, your own irresponsibility, your own defiance. Every time they disobey, you're like, I can't believe they're acting like this. Guess where they got that? They inherited that from you. Your sinful DNA was passed down to them. That's the way it works. It's called imputed sin, right? So all of this starts showing up in them. You keep it really hiding. But when you got mirrors all around, you can't avoid seeing yourself in your children. And so God gives these little things to you to help you see the unfinished business in your own life. 
And you know what God does? God uses your own desperation in trying to parent your kids to show you how much you need him. Aren't kids a blessing to show you how awful of a parent you are. That's a blessing. And God brings you back to his heart in desperation. That's why children are a blessing. He wants to use them to build you. So here's the second thing. Gospel-driven parents recognize that children are built by the Lord. Go back up here to verse one. Unless the Lord. Do you see that three-word phrase? Just circle those three words. Unless the Lord builds the house. Those who labor, labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city. The watchman stays awake in vain. So the Lord is building something. And he gives us these children, but they come with the label, some assembly required. Right? They come and they're not right. They have to be built to be put together. There's certain vacuums in their heart that you have to fill. We're going to talk about how to do this over the next few weeks. The mistake we make as parents is to try to build them instead of understanding it's the Lord alone who can build them. I'm not the home builder. I am the tool in the hand of the home builder. And this home builder has a design. He has blueprints for the home. So the Lord is the builder, the children are the raw materials, the parents are the tools. What's he building? He's building a heart for God in these children. And notice it's labor. Did you see that word, labor? He uses the word toil. He talks about staying up late. He talks about rising early. And yet he uses this word anxious. And here's the lesson. Unless... The Lord builds the house. All of my parenting, labor and love is pointless. The best of my parenting cannot produce what has to be produced in this child. Unless the Lord does what I cannot do. That's the story here. All of your watching, all of your rising, all of your staying up late, all of your anxiety, all of your worry, all of it is in vain. It's empty. It's useless unless the Lord. Now that three word phrase, unless the Lord, that is gospel language. I don't even know if you can properly communicate the gospel without those three words. Unless the Lord saves me, I am lost forever. Unless the Lord shows grace and pardons my sin, I will never enter into the kingdom of God. Unless the Lord opens my blind eyes to the glorious truth that there is a Savior named Jesus... I cannot be saved unless the Lord helps me to understand the seriousness of my sin by seeing his wrath poured out on Jesus on the cross as a substitute. Then I will never repent of that serious sin. Do you see? It is all dependent upon the Lord. Whether you are a parent or a child, Unless the Lord gives you a capacity to hear and love the truth of the gospel, everything you're going to do in this lifetime 
will be in vain. Unless parents recognize their powerlessness to change the heart of a child, your parenting is in vain. Unless parents build according to God's plan, your parenting is in vain. Unless you invite the Lord into your parenting, all of the best practices of your parenting will be in vain. Unless parents have surrendered their lives to the Lord. All of your parenting is in vain. Do you see the word Lord there? It's capitalized. All four letters of Lord are capitalized there. It's the proper name of God. And we know who that is. That's Jesus. Unless you surrender to Jesus as Lord, unless you put your parenting under the Lordship of Christ, all that you do, will be in vain. doesn't matter how many parenting magazines you read or Psychology Today classes. It's unless the Lord builds the house, we're laboring in vain. You get it? The Lord is building me as a parent so that he can use me to build my children. Before I can expect my children to listen to me, I have to listen to the Lord. Before I can expect my children to trust me, I have to trust the Lord until I learn to obey the Lord. I can't expect my children to obey me. So my vertical relationship with God through Christ is essential to my job horizontally with parents. Now, how can you know whether or not you are trusting the Lord or you're just building it by yourself? The test is very simple, and it's found right here. Notice the end of verse 2. For he gives to his beloved sleep. Can I ask you as a parent, how well do you sleep? Now, now listen, those of you that have the children that are like obnoxiously waking up in the middle of the night, I, I get that. Listen, there is a lack of sleep because you are doing a good job in your parenting, but there is a lack of sleep because you are not trusting God to do his job in spite of your parenting. Because he gives his beloved sleep. Have you ever thought about the theology of sleep? I mean, think about this. God could have created us any way he wanted to with enduring energy, not to need sleep, but he purposely created us so that every 16 hours or so, he makes you go unconscious. Just to prove that when you wake up eight hours later, he didn't need you at all. I mean, look at that. It's crazy. I mean, the, the, the earth is still orbiting around the sun. The children are still alive. I mean, the cat's missing, but everything else is, is doing fine. I mean, it's like, yeah. You, you are non-essential to God, okay? And yet, God's plan is to use gospel-centered parents as tools to get His work done in building out our children. We love them. We labor for them. But at the end of the day, it's not enough unless the Lord builds the house. The best of our parenting is in vain. Here's the last thing. Gospel-centered parents recognize 
that children must be bent toward the Lord. Now, this simile here is so powerful. Do you see it there in verse 4? Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. So the Lord is communicating to us a lot about children right there. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a hunter or anything. Um, I, I have a friend who's a hunter, and he let me borrow um, his, his bow and arrow set here. And I, I learned something. It, this is in a you know, little contraption here. Do you know what this is called? Paul, what's that called? It's called a quiver. I thought quiver was something that happened to your liver when you were in love, but that's not what it is. It holds arrows, okay? So your home is the quiver. Your marriage is the quiver. And, and look here, we have four children. We've got Brooke, Zach, Allie, and Leah. And then we need room for Scott. But uh, we, we have this arrow set here. And so I pulled out an arrow this morning, and I, I, was, I was so impressed. I pulled this out, and it has this, um, what's that called? The arrowhead, yes. The arrowhead there, and it looks dangerous. I actually pulled out one of these, and there was actually some residual meat on the end of one of them, so I didn't use that one. Um, so anyway, these things are meant to come out of the quiver. They're not meant to like be mounted on the wall so that you can show the grandparents. Come look at the beautiful arrows mounted on the wall. They're meant to actually fly. And if, an, if a warrior is doing a good job, he, he has a name. And he, but before he launches them, here, here's what we learn from the rest of Scripture. And this is what we're going to learn in the rest of the series. The arrows are bent. They don't fly straight. And so the job of a parent is to straighten the arrow. To straighten it. To sharpen it so that when it makes impact, it causes damage for the Lord. <laughs> so to straighten it, to sharpen it, and then to shoot the arrow. So some of you are going to misquote me. Do not tweet me and say you're supposed to shoot your children. That's not what I'm saying. Some of you have thought that before. That's not gospel-centered parenting. Turn to your neighbors and don't shoot your children. Don't do that. But an arrow is meant to be shot. But if it's going to hit the aim, if it's going to hit the target, it has to be straightened. Because children are bent away from the Lord, every one of them. So let's just do a little test here in conclusion. And let's just see if you are a gospel-centered parent versus a child-centered parent. Okay, can we do a little test? Ten questions, all right? It's not even really questions. Just contrast. Find yourself on one side or the other. Here is a child-centered parent. A child-centered parent believes... That children are basically good and need affirmation. And all of the gospel-centered parents are like, no. No. Gospel-centered parents believe their children are basically foolish and need correction and a savior. So... If you think your darling little angel is just kind of neutral and is so innocent as she comes into the world, you need to be informed about what the gospel says about your little angel. She's not an angel. As a matter of fact, she's playing for the other team, okay? 
This is what the gospel informs us about these little children. It teaches us that children arrive into this world dirty, rotten, Sinners, you've heard this before, right? You're like, oh, but my little angel. You're like, yeah, demon would be a better word. Um, they're, they're, they're blind to what's going on in the heavenlies, and they are subject to the prince and the power of the air. It's the other team that's, that's got their attention right now, and it's our job to get them on the other team, all right? They, they arrive in the world as these little self-sovereigns. They think the universe revolves around them. They think you should revolve around them. They think you should wake up in the middle of the night and feed them. Now, you should feed them. Do not go out of here and say, Pastor says they don't, don't feed the children. I didn't say that, okay? But you have to, from the very early stages, get them off of their agenda and realize you are not the center of the universe. You're part of the universe. And the universe revolves around someone else. His name is Jesus. And you need to learn to revolve around him. That's the way that we have to parent our children. You have to introduce them to the concepts of the gospel. The first concept is that God is holy. God God is a law giver. You are a law violator. God takes his law very seriously. Disobedience brings conflict into your life. But grace is available and repentance is required. Fellowship can be restored with mommy and daddy and with God if you will repent and believe and you have to reject your substitute saviors. Your mommy can't save you. Your church going can't save you. Running away to your neighbor's house can't save you. You, only Jesus can save you. Now listen, you love them when you say that. And you remember, they got all of that from you. And so you love them enough to tell them these things and understand that child-centered parents allow their children to believe they are sovereign. But gospel-centered parents train their children to yield control to God who alone is sovereign. If they don't get off their agenda of being sovereign, it's not going to go well for them in eternity. You want them to learn this before they die because they're going to find out afterward that every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess to Jesus who alone is sovereign. And if they don't find it out in this lifetime, it will be too late for them in the next. Child-centered parents make children objects of worship for parents. Gospel-centered parents make parenting an act of worship to God. He said, I don't worship my kid. Hope not. Do you know what an idol is? An idol is anything you think about more than God, act like is more important than God, anything that you substitute for God. If you look at your checkbook and your schedule and the soccer schedule and the school schedule and the band schedule and the cheerleading schedule and the volleyball schedule, who's being worshipped? Who's getting the best of your time, the best of your energy, the best of your emotion? Is it God? Or are you bowing down to a schedule of your children? Bedtimes, mealtimes. Are you doing what the child wants? Or are you teaching him you don't always get what you want? Child-centered parents love children too little or too much. 
You, you love them, you have affection for them, but you don't love them enough to confront them. You don't love them enough to say no because it's not good for you. It's self-destructive for you to have everything you want. And so you love them too little or you love them too much. Gospel-centered parents love children more than they love themselves, but they love their children less than they love God to prevent turning their children into an idol. Child-centered parents allow the demands of the children to dictate the family schedule. Gospel-centered parents train children to bend their schedules around the needs of others so that they understand, I put others first. I serve others. And in doing that, you become actually a leader and an influence, a gospel-centered leader. Child-centered parents fear what would happen to their children if they ever left their sight. Gospel-centered parents trust God is watching over their children when they can't. It's believing that the Lord watches over the city. And even if I'm watching them and not allowing them to step out, you're still not dealing with the matters of the heart. A child-centered parent allows children to view themselves as peers with adults and authorities. Speaking to adults as if they were peers and arguing with parents as if they had an equal vote. But gospel-centered parents train children to honor adults and submit to authorities because those authorities and those adults are simply representatives of the greatest authority, God himself. And if we can't learn to submit to human authority, we'll never submit to God's authority. And so we learn to speak with respect and we learn to submit to those that may have greater information because they've lived longer than us. Child-centered parents prioritize children over their marriage. And so you get this, husband-wife relationships are permanent relationships. Parent-child relationships are temporary relationships. These leave, these stay. And so if we don't protect the husband-wife relationship, then we are actually doing our children a disadvantage because we're removing the very thing they want most, which is a loving, secure, safe relationship. First of all, with mom and dad. Gospel-centered parents prioritize their marriage for the sake of their children. Hey, mom and dad are going to be alone for a few minutes so that we can talk to one another so that we don't scream at you. Right? Get it? Hey, we're, we're going to need a date over here so that we can talk without being disrupted by your needs so that when we come back, we can fully meet your needs together as partners. Child-centered parents define success by compliant, obedient children. All for compliant, obedient children. Yes. Anybody use a little more of that? Yes. Yes. We, we want that. However, it's not enough because if all you get is a compliant, obedient kid, you missed his heart. And all you did was raise a little self-righteous Pharisee, a little legalist, who's so proud of himself, he doesn't think he needs a savior. Gospel-centered parents define success by repentance and faith of children as they recognize their need for God. Job description of a parent is to help your children recognize 
he is actually incapable of completely obeying. So what happens when you disobey? Well, now I'm needy. I'm needy of God's grace. I'm needy of forgiveness. I'm needy of of enabling grace to do things that I don't have the power to do in myself. That's a gospel-centered parent. Last one. Child-centered parents find their identity in the performance of their children, whether good or bad. Oh, my kids are so out of control. I must be a loser. I'm a terrible person. Or I could have taught all of this material better than you could. I think I'm going to host a parenting small group in my home for all of the parents so that I can show them how, what to do so that they can get great kids like mine. And you find your identity in their good performance. Gospel-centered parents find their identity in the grace of Christ, in the performance of Christ, because we realize that no matter how good our parenting is, it's not good enough. Are you a gospel-centered parent or are you a child-centered parent? Now listen, the good news of the gospel is no matter which side of the chart you're on, the gospel is all about fresh starts, new beginnings, forgiveness in Christ. You bring all of the the failure to Christ for fresh grace every day. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that before we leave. I know that you've probably thought of individual children. You may have thought of some things that you would have done had you known then what you know now. Listen, bring all of that to Christ. We are needy people. And God is using our children to show us our need for Him. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. Unless God gives grace, and unless God opens blind eyes, unless God grants life to dead cold hearts the best of our parenting is in vain Father I pray that you would speak individually uh, throughout this week to each one of us remind us by your spirit what we would do in the moment to live as gospel centered parents we thank you for grace that's available because of what you absorbed from your father you were treated as if you were a dirty rotten sinner so that we could be treated as sons of God. Thank you for the grace of the gospel. And I pray for any here today that just can't believe that they could get a fresh start, clean slate. God, would you draw them and warm them, give them hope. Pray, God, that we would believe, we'd walk out of here believing your promises, trusting in your faithfulness to do what we as parents cannot do ourselves. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's Trent Griffith praying for parents that we would be gospel-centered rather than child-centered in our parenting. And wow, I needed to hear that. You know, it's so easy to slip into wrong thinking, but keeping the gospel central is key to maintaining the right perspective. In fact, the gospel is so crucial to what we do that we've included it in our church name, Gospel City Church. Would you like to join us for one of our worship services? We're in Granger, Indiana, not too far away from University Park Mall. For more information about service times and where we're located, just visit our website, mygospelcity.org. Again, that's mygospelcity.org. I have a question for you. If children are like arrows in a warrior's hand, 
Does it also mean that parents are like arrows in God's hands? Well, next week, Pastor Trent will tell us that yes, we are. We'll hear more from Psalm 127 and 128. I hope you can join us then. Well, thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that the gospel would resonate in your heart and your parenting this week. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Gospel City Church. Visit us online at mygospelcity.org.